Good morning, everyone. So friends, what's going on today? Last night we had a full church, which typically 5, 5.30 is lighter, and then 8.30 Mass, we had over 400 people. This is typically the large Mass, and it's not. Is there... Oh, great. I got to start competing with, with the national split. That's what it is. I'm like, all right, what's going on? Because four, 8.30 was just packed. And I'm like, what's going on? All right, now I know, and now I understand, and I will adapt myself um, <laughs> this one time. <laughs> so my friends, uh, our scriptures. Um, as you know, we have an Old Testament reading, a New Testament reading, or epistle, if you like, and then the gospel. And typically, uh, Paul is the epistle that's read, uh, and uh, oftentimes Paul's, uh, the reading is difficult to attach to the gospel or to the thematically. And, uh, but in this case, um, I understand uh, why the church set up the readings the way they did. Uh, and so my friends, one of the uh, points of all three of the readings are making, uh, that they're trying to make is that God alone is the source of all things grace and light and hope and peace and love and forgiveness and everything flows from that and uh, um, certainly uh, Paul would tell us that if you look elsewhere for these things in your life eventually you will be disappointed and this is ultimately the point um, uh, that Christ will make also my friends regarding uh, the first reading Malachi is addressing a problem of his time uh, the priests of his time, uh, which uh, are bound by the covenant of Levi, uh, they are uh, not, uh, they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing. Uh, they're cheating the people, and uh, they're not, uh, they're uh, supposed to explain God's laws and scriptures to the people, and they're twisting it to their own advantage. Uh, they're not offering proper sacrifice to God. Uh, they're offering second-rate sacrifice and charging for first-rate things from the people and then pocketing it. So there's a whole lot going on in that first reading. And uh, ultimately, uh, Malachi will tell them, you are eroding the hope and confidence of the people, God's people. And this is what's really making God upset. And uh, they were being selfish and they were becoming corrupt. Uh, and he warns them, gives them a stern warning, God is going to punish you. And when God punishes, he punishes not to cause harm or suffering, but to get you back on track. And uh, uh, he certainly wants them to stop fighting because the priests are fighting amongst each other. Um, so he reminds them, have you but one Father in heaven and uh, only one Lord and God who created all things from which all things come from? Uh, because they were beginning to they were suggesting to the people that their wisdom was more than what God. Can you imagine? That would be like me telling you, I have the scriptures, but my wisdom is better. Oh, my gosh. Time for retirement for this priest, right? So, my friends, uh, Jesus is trying to tell us uh, something similar in this passage from Matthew. He's explaining to his followers that the scribes and Pharisees who legitimately have taken their place on Moses' seat, they have authority. And with that authority come, they're supposed to be explaining God's rules and God's precepts and the scriptures properly to them. They're not. They're twisting things and they're doing the same things uh, that was problematic 
in Malachi's time. So God is still dealing with this. All these hundreds of years later, now he's dealing with it, uh, known in the Pharisees and scribes. And uh, they've lost touch, if you will, with the source and purpose of their service. They are there to service the people of God, not themselves. The majority of them have uh, become corrupt, conceited, self-absorbed, and as Jesus says, they are hypocritical. And uh, thinking that their wisdom comes from themselves and not from God, forgetting that God is a source of all wisdom and grace and that they serve him. He is the father of all. The rabbis and the priests are his messengers. Paul uh, speaks about pastoring his people at love. This is one of the things uh, so between the Mass. I was like, you know, I forgot this piece in the other. Uh, so my friends, also, if you hear from the 8.30 and the 5.30 crowd, and they say, well, what did you think about Father Mark's homily? You are not getting the same one. It kind of exhausted me a little bit, the one I was giving. So I'm going with this one instead. Um, so it is different. Um, but Paul, was he, uh, he said, have we not loved you? Have we not treated you with gentleness in delivering God's words, God's words to you? And this is the point. Um, the priests of Malachi's time were not doing that. The Pharisees and scribes of Jesus' time were not doing that. Um, Paul saying, but we are doing this. And um, uh, he expresses joy about the people. And one of the things about Paul, he would say, if you receive the word of God as it should be, and you open your hearts to it, it becomes like effervescence. And it bubbles up and it begins to transform. And I joke and I, with the other mass, I said, it was like uh, Alka-Seltzer tablets. You pop in the water and it's all fuzzy, fuzzy, and then you drink it and it changes you, makes you better. And this is what Paul, he didn't use, of course, there's no Alka-Seltzer back then. But the word, the understanding in the Greek is effervescence. And um, so he was talking about this. And this becomes the reason why uh, ordained ministers, myself, the bishops, the priests, the deacons, we must deliver God's word. we got to deliver it properly because it matters. And... Uh, and this is why Jesus is taking such offense at the Pharisees and scribes. Um, my friends, uh, it's easy for us uh, to get, have things misconstrued, and uh, um, it changes the meanings and uh, the happiness uh, that comes. And Jesus says, some, you know, my truth may be difficult for some, but it will set you free when you understand it. And... Uh, my friends, when I think about the psalm for today, in you, Lord, I have found my peace. And uh, the more deeply we believe this and make it the foundation in our lives, the more we will experience, we will experience internal peace, even when there's chaos around us. And uh, we should steep ourselves uh, with this truth and with this understanding to experience blessing uh, uh, happiness. and uh, It takes time for Jesus' truth to migrate from our heads to our hearts. <laughs> we believe it, but sometimes still don't act uh, that way. And this is what the Pharisees and scribes are doing. And sometimes, uh, uh, as, it, um, as it is, we do not believe it completely. And yet, the, for us, Mother Church and her sacraments left by Christ, instituted by him, 
help us to understand this. And my friends, um, it becomes important because uh, Deacon and I are part of the ministerial priesthood. Um, you guys belong to the royal priesthood, so do I. But uh, in addition, but what the ministerial priesthood does, bishop, priests, and deacons, they, um, they, through the sacraments, through God's grace, they sanctify the people, you. And when they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing or they begin to twist and change things, it becomes perverted, and what is intended never happens. And this becomes important because as the ministerial priesthood serves the royal priesthood, and sanctifies them, then you go and sanctify the world. You do it in your families, in your workplaces, yes, your workplaces, yes, the government, yes, the government. You do all these things, you become the effervescence that transforms and changes the world. This is why it becomes so, so important. And uh, um, my friends, uh, when it comes to... Um, this particular reading, uh, Jesus is dealing with the Pharisees and scribes who have become hypocrites. They're using their titles for their own good, uh, meaning they're storing money in the bank. Their, uh, their sacrifice is not what it should be. Uh, more than that, they're harming the people. How are they harming the people? Because they are not teaching the truth completely, it is eroding the people's hope and confidence. Ultimately, then, their faith. And if you want to really make God angry, do that. Jesus is God, and he said he took issue with pride and arrogance, self-centeredness, selfishness, hypocrisy. He really doesn't like hypocrites. So, um, my friends, uh, in particular this reading, Jesus says, don't call anybody on earth father. Don't call anybody on earth Matt." Okay, so we are not fundamentalists. If you were a fundamentalist, you would take that and say, you, I can't, I'm sorry, Reverend Mark, but I can't call you Father because Jesus said not to. I'm like, is that exactly what he said? Because if you're a fundamentalist, you will say, yes, it is. And then I would point out to you, he also said you must hate your mother and father if you're going to follow me. Is that what Jesus meant? Or did he mean something else? Because number four in the Decalogue is honor your mother and father. He's God. He knows what he told Moses. He doesn't forget. So what's going on? Paul, who would never, ever, ever, ever contradict Jesus, uses the term in 1 Corinthians to the people, I am your father in faith. Did he just, did he just shadow, did, you know, did he just give shade to Jesus? No. So what's going on? Jesus actually uses it too. He's addressing the very Pharisees and scribes, talking to them about Father Abraham. <laughs> so what's going on? Well, you know, see what I'm getting at? When we look at the scriptures and we read it, we read it in its totality to understand, to deliver God's truth. 
if we only take one line and say, here it is, it leads us to a place that's not good. And my friends, uh, and while there is a progression of thought when it comes to scriptures, uh, what the church and any of its ministers should not be doing is attempting to adapt to society. We will change everything and all the interpretation because society is different. No. No. And that is happening. So just very quickly, a little bit different from the other two masses, when it comes to the ordained ministry, the bishops, priests, and deacons, they better take a good read of the first reading, and they better take a better, closer look at what Jesus is doing in Matthew's gospel and get themselves back on track and stick to the truth. I make mistakes, and my nine years with you, I'm almost obsessed with giving you and being careful how I speak to you because it matters to God what I say to you and how I interpret things. And sometimes the homies are long because of it, but it, because it matters. And because, like Paul loves his community, I love you, and I do my best. And when I make a mistake, you know I tell you, I'm sorry I made a mistake because I'm also a leader, and I have to lead by example. This is what Jesus, Jesus leads by example. And uh, uh, so when Jesus says, don't call people father and master, what is going on in, on that day with him? Well, he's dealing with hypocrisy. He's dealing with people who are using religion for gain. And if we were to take it fundamentally and literally, you would not be able to call your doctor, doctor, because that means learned one or teacher. You couldn't say mister. You couldn't call me father. We couldn't celebrate Father's Day. So uh, that's not what Jesus is talking about, but he has your attention when he said it. The same way when he told people, if you don't hate your mother, you have to hate your mother and father and your brother and your sister in order to follow me. And then he explained in this gospel, he does the same thing. He begins talking about arrogance, self-centeredness, outright lying, under the cover of their title. And so, my friends, um, uh, what everyone must do, especially us, is we must acknowledge that any honor one has comes from God. And the ministerial priesthood, uh, that the fatherhood that I uh, am graced to have as a priest comes from God, whose heavenly fatherhood gives authority to earthly father, fatherhood, to all of you. And while Jesus is speaking to the religious authorities of his time through these scriptures right now as given today, you know, the Matthew's gospel, I remind you that you are part of the royal priesthood, so you don't get off the hook either. <laughs> He would say the same to you. Do not use your titles. Do not use your authority in a way that only serves you. And uh, no matter how correctly one performs religious rituals, no matter how good uh, one may say that they are, it counts for little if your hearts and minds are filled with uh, arrogance and self-centeredness and greed. You perform these things for vain glory, and they do not serve God. And that's really what uh, these, the readings of today are getting at. 
about serving others. Jesus said, I have not come that you serve me, but that I serve you. That's the Cairo, the, the, that's what's happening with Jesus of Nazareth. The time will come when we will serve him because he is Lord and Master. And uh, my friends, um, these become important uh, because what I opened with was um, at the heart of religion is service to God. I know my role. I am here to service God's people. To service God, yes, to love him and honor him, cherish him, but to serve you. And uh, um, when this becomes skewed and perverted, um, the heart of religion, which is to stay focused on Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and to live our lives in holiness, religion is never, ever, ever, the scriptures are never, ever supposed to be used to cause harm. They are never, ever supposed to cause pain and suffering. While Jesus' truth can be challenging, the scriptures are never meant to be used as a weapon to cause pain and suffering. Jesus didn't do that, and he's God. So we must walk the way he does. At the heart, at the heart of religion is love and compassion, justice, mercy, truth, God's truth, and faith. This is the heart of religion. This is the heart of Christianity. When we move away from this, when everything begins to change, what happens is what will happen in the Old Testament with Malachi. There will be an erosion of the hope and confidence and love and faith among God's people. And then he will be very angry because he loves you and he doesn't want that. And uh, um, we need to be careful about these things. So that's why Father Mark sometimes loses sleep at night when you're in this homily. Am I saying what God wants me to say? Is this the truth? Is this the purest understanding of it? And um, I don't teach you how to understand the scriptures because I think it makes me look good. I just worry about what he thinks because he's the only one who gets me in heaven, <laughs> right? I'm a human, so when you hurt my feelings, it hurts. But I'm more worried about, I answer to him. He will hold me to task. That's what the scriptures are also saying. So, um, so when your pastor becomes OCD about these things, now you understand why. Maybe you'll cut me some grace. Huh? <laughs> uh, but uh, my friends uh, of late, um, I can only speak about our church. Um, our bishops and uh, priests and deacons have to be careful and follow the truth and speak that truth. I'm obedient to the archbishop. When he tells me to move to the left, I move to the left. When he tells me to move to the right five steps, I move to the right. When he tells me to jump, I jump. When he tells me to pack my bags, I pack my bags. Because I made a pledge. So did the deacon. And so did every bishop make a pledge. So did the pope. They all do. 
And the one thing that God expects from all of us is faithfulness because he is faithful. Be faithful to your commitments. Be faithful to what you have pledged. Amen. My friends, know that God loves you. And as your pastor, I love you also.